Hey guys, everybody, welcome to what is actually the last bar podcast, the last barcast before the big weekend, man. Yes, we're talking November the 21st and 22nd. I'm Salt. And I'm George. And we're talking all things bar right here on the barcast, November 21st and 22nd, approaching quickly. Two days of action, two days of OCR. Yes, sir. Obstacle course racing. We're talking obstacles, carries, and lots and lots of running, guys. <laughs> All right, so tell me, what can we expect next week, George? Well, I'm, I'm not sure if I should be saying this on air, but we have both champions, both champions defending really singles event. I mean, if you've been following the broadcast, you know we would have had Amorous Chase and Darren Matthews on Correct. in an earlier episode, and Darren was talking extensively about the fact that he might not be here if Correct. he gets in in time. He was still registered for the singles, but not do the team event because he wouldn't have been able to train. So you are telling us here now that Darren, Amherst was always defending. So right, this, right, this right. news is Darren. Well, yeah, the news is Darren. I think we, we, you know, I think it's safe to, it's safe that I can put it out there that Darren has actually registered, right. formally registered. The registration came through and, I, and my phone pinged and I looked at it and I was like, oh. Well, this no get interesting because <laughs> yeah, yeah. a lot of people had the top three uh, already decided yes. in Darren's absence. Correct. It was a matter of starting it. Um, you know that having followed the pop-ups and workouts, no one has mm -hmm. gotten to see Tompi and Jet go ahead to head. Right, right. They always seem to avoid each other. Yeah, they always seem to manage to avoid each other. Right, <laughs> Even right, right. Um, in the team workout last week uh -huh. at Bushy Park. Because the Bushy Park, I think that team workout, team pop-up workout went really well, George. Yeah, I, I mean, I said this on a radio show. I, I feel now like, like the volunteers have this thing so well understood. Yeah. That, you know, Monica assigns people, everybody knows what they're supposed to do. Big shout out to Lanny and Dana. You got to shout out Lanny for sure. And, <laughs> and, and, and Andrew, like Andrew's there before everybody else. And yeah. when everybody gone, he's there breaking out everything. Nice. Honestly, Lawrence and, and um, Nathan came out this time for the first time as well. Um, Dario was there. Dario, well. yeah, Dario was there in a double extra large t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was way, wondering. I thought if they went blue too hard, I would pick him up. Okay, you know, and, and then the, you know there were some volunteers who weren't there on the day, but who will be there yeah. um, next week, and they really helped to make this a very smooth. That's the only reason that I can get on the truck and drive and let like and do the light because about. every I know everybody's got everything under control. Yeah. Um, the volunteers were there. Spectators came out just not just because my friend or my family was in it, but just because bar is a very interesting event to watch. Um, they were supportive and they were, you know, were, everybody was positive in their support. Nobody yeah. was laughing or pointing at anybody. And then of course the athletes came out and it was a very, you know, keenly contested um, race, but people were very relaxed, I think. Yeah. It wasn't like there was no animosity or antagonism between the teams or amongst the teams it was just good clean competition you got to see obstacles for the first time this season yeah they they, they keep <laughs> pointing out that they're not obstacles they're obstacles too okay that's, that's that's what mark keeps telling me it's not obstacles too obstacles too because technically it is a different version of the team yeah um and i have to say i i not that i want them to get beaten but i want to see them pushed yeah um each time they come out to the finish line and, and they want the best team on the day to win. If that's obstacles for the 15th time running, then they deserve <laughs> to be on the, on the podium. Yeah. But I felt like these guys just looked really good. Yeah. I mean, you know, they came out to just kind of see how things, the course was and, and feel it out a little bit. Men start last in the heat, yeah. just running until they decided, well, look, 
let me just finish this off. Well, it showed us some great obstacle proficiency as well. I would advise anybody to go watch the live. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're like walls, especially. They're just so quick and so efficient over the walls. And then you have four, you know, you have four elite runners. You yeah. Know? So it should be very interesting to see how they match up against some of the other teams out there that are hotly favored right now. Yeah. Um, it's going to be incredible to watch, I think. They're really exceptional at strategy. Let's talk about strategy a bit here for the team event. Right. Actually, um, you got to know how to approach it. Yes. Any obstacle. Yeah, and I and I think that you know some of the trainings that we've had and the pop ups and so on, I think that's what they're about. So people will come to the pop ups, they'll try something, they'll miss it, they'll get discouraged, and might not even do the second round. But the pop ups are really for you to see the obstacle. And feel the obstacle. Not necessarily that you're going to go out there and you can run the course and you can do it in a fast time, et cetera, et cetera. But even feeling an obstacle at a pop-up helps to give you an insight as to how to approach it on the day. Yeah. You know, so um, starting to figure out, especially from a team perspective, you know, how do we approach walls? What's the most efficient way? Who's going first? Mm -hmm. Who's going up next? Who's the strongest? Who can jump the highest? Yeah. You know, that, that type of thing is, is really, I think, going to be key because if you take the elite level, the elite, say, 12 or 15 athletes in the field, there's not going to be much separation over 5K or over 10K mm -hmm. amongst that group. But where the separation is going to come is, like, how quick we got Efficiency. through the obstacle. How quickly did we transition from obstacle to running and then back from running to another obstacle. Yeah. And I think that's where you're going to see um, the difference between those teams at the top. A few obstacles this year that people haven't seen as yet. Uh, right. I know you always got tricks up your sleeve as well. Right, right, right. to let go anything uh, during the podcast. But as a team approaching an obstacle that you've never seen, let me see if we get to obstacle at like these microphones. You got to work right, it out. Right, right, right. How important is it to have like that one team leader, or you maybe have like input from all the groups? I, I said this like yesterday, for instance. You took the us on a trainer running peg, and you just told us to get up there, figure right. it out. Right, right, that, right. That mentality, yeah. thinking on your feet, talk about that. Yeah, I think that there's always going to be kind of a strategist on each team. There, there are some guys who just are good at puzzles, good at strategy. So you throw something at them, they're going to take a look at it, they're going to step back, they're going to assess the situation, and then they'll come up with a solution. Right. Right? And then in that same team, I'm going to come up with a solution but you're going to figure out how to execute it. Right. right. And then somebody else is going to, well, this is what we want to do. All right, well, you said to do so-and-so, I'm going to coach it. Right. And then somebody else is just there doing the grunt work. Yeah. This is what you tell me to do. All right, I can lift you up and put you up on my shoulder and spin around 10 times because you tell me that's the best way to get over the obstacle. Yeah. So I think having, having one of those guys on your team is like invaluable. That problem solver, that guy who's good with puzzles, that guy who comes up with strategy on the spot, even if that person isn't the best athlete on your team, they might yeah. be the best asset on your team, for sure. It's good to have that person, uh, as you say, that strategist, as well as a person who would be like a cohesive person. That one person that knows how to encourage everyone right. in their own way. You always say, don't coach everyone the same way. Correct. And, and again, you, know, we, you have to know your team members and your mm -hmm. teammates. And I think that's why, you know, from time to time, it doesn't have to be every session, but in preparation for the event, it's important to get together and train as a group mm -hmm. because that's when you start to see how your teammates react in, in particular situations. And you know whether they want a, you got this, good job, keep going, or if they want a slap. And yeah. the slap is what's going to wake them out of their, you know, and, and then, you know, obviously yeah. you're not advocating 
violence here. Right, Although, right, you know, Violence is sometimes <laughs> necessary. <laughs> but, you know, you start to figure out what your teammates need to motivate them and what yeah. drives them. And once you come up with that and you keep that in the back of your head, salt like a cast salt. Stefan, I need to be more gentle with Stefan. Yeah. And somebody else, all they got to do is look at them and they know when they look at them that that brings them back into focus. Mm. Once you figure out what is right for each person on your team, that's how you approach them. But you can't approach everyone in the same way because everybody's different and every approach isn't going to work. That's what I love about Bardo. It's not only the physical attributes, it's a lot of mental attributes that can put you separate. You may got a team, as you said, before elite athletes, but these men can't see a problem right. at work. It'll be called just a custom being coached. Correct. They come in love with a man and say, oh, well, you know what, ain't that hard? You know, if you do X, Y, Z. And some, it's not even for the puzzles necessarily. It could be something as simple as, we say, Atlas Stone Carry. What order right. you send your team in? Knowing how tired this person is, you know what, it may be better, beneficial to let that person go second so that, they go out there and they push the Atlas Stone. They get a little recovery while the first person is going. They send the Atlas Stone and they come back and they get some rest after rather than sending them first. When right. they're still tired from running to the Atlas Stone or sending them last and then they can't keep up with the team. Correct. And that was, that was kind of, that came out at Bushy Park. Yeah. So they had the, like about 1.4K lap run yeah. before we went into the tire relay. Yeah. And, you know, typical four by one relay, you put your fastest guy last. Yeah. Right, but when you come off the run, your weakest runner is probably going to need the longest recovery. Yeah, you know they've been struggling on you know, especially if people don't run a lot. One point four k, even though it doesn't sound off. that long, <laughs> it, it's a lot. And then when men cranking, you like tend to get caught up in it and run faster than you normally would. Yeah, so you get back there at the end of that feeling gassed, and and the guys are saying, okay, you two go first, and we can run the two last legs. And the body legs, <laughs> they, still, yeah. they still can't even breathe properly. So those types of things, how how does your strategy fit into not just the approach to this particular obstacle, but the entire race. Because after we finish this obstacle and we got to go somewhere else and do something else, would you have recovered in time? Is your yeah. grip going to be recovered? Is your, yeah. you know, that type of thing. So all those things go into making it, I think, one of the more interesting types of races out there, obstacle course racing. Um, like I said before, time and time again, you could be the best runner, you could be the strongest, you could have all the skills, but it's that overall athlete and that overall team yeah. that's probably going to succeed over individual specialists for sure. Yeah, we just going back to Bushy Park there. So what would have happened? We had a 1.4K run to warm up. Mm -hmm. Then you had to do a tire relay. Everybody on the team had to run up and down. And then immediately after that, the pipe. Right. It's a very heavy pipe. So yeah, you got yeah. to really strategize and know yeah. how your legs are going to feel, especially if you're going to be carrying that pipe the first time. It doesn't make sense to, to, to shoot right. and run all out for the tire carry because at any day you're going to probably make up more time on the pipe. Carry down, you will lose fresh. on the yeah, yeah, and, and I think one of the things that can happen as well, and, and I it's important for the growth of the sport that we have spectators, mm -hmm. right? If you go out there, you want to be able to express your fitness and you want to be able to do it. You know, some people thrive on the, the cheers from the crowd and, and so on. So, we need people who are we spectators because when the sport really develops and gets to that elite level, we're going to have more open waivers, more fun runners probably that more competitive athletes. Yeah. So sometimes people can get caught up in the in the atmosphere of the day that is driven by the crowd. Right. I go along, yeah, you can be. And you know, I go on and I sprint to show how fast I can sprint hey, next yeah. day. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All my legs tight. Yeah. And yeah. I'm done for the rest of the day. So there's also those things that we have to manage on the day if you're listening as an athlete. Your friends and your family, they're gonna be there to cheer you on. They're gonna be there to support you. But you still have to listen to your body, listen to your teammates, and make sure that you stick to the strategy 
Yeah. Because sometimes you just veer away from that from that plan and everything falls apart. You stick to the strategy, have a plan, and generally you're gonna be more successful, I think. Importance of spectators is very important for sure. I know that that lent a lot to the atmosphere at Bushy Park. Of course, the pop up there at Bushy Park and the team pop up was free. So we got a lot of people from the, um, for, it's free for spectators. Right. And so I had a lot of people from the corporate waves, like their uh, workmates came out to watch them and see how right. they're doing in various sports clubs. Tickets going on sale for the 21st and 21st and 22nd when? Correct. This is for the actual bar now, so you can buy tickets account that length of that atmosphere. Right. Tickets are on sale already. Right. So you have two options as far as the tickets are concerned. You can find one of the ambassadors, um, yourself. Yeah, Salt, um, Gina Lee Shepard, Daniel Gonzalez, uh, Jamal Griffith, Damian, Damian Thompson, Johnson, husbands. Okay, really yeah. <laughs> really. uh, Jocelyn and um, I think Teague. So yeah, there's yeah. there's ambassadors out there who will be carrying around tickets. But if you you know you don't know these guys or you can't find them or you just don't like dealing with paper Teague. and cash and so on, <laughs> <laughs> you can go to the Instagram page uh, and you can click on the link. Now the get tickets link. Is it where you click? You actually click on the link in the profile, or you can go to the Facebook page and you can get tickets from the Facebook page. So once okay. you do that, you have an electronic ticket on your phone. You just bring your phone, we scan it, you're in. So we're selling tickets for one day, any one day for $35. And if you have your band, you can use it over both days. So when they come Saturday, Sunday, it's the same cost. Ah, okay. But if Saturday, you get Sunday free. It's just a one-time charge for the festival grounds, and that just helps to cover... You know, some of the okay. So if I buy a ticket and I come through on a Saturday, I don't have to get another ticket for Sunday. Correct. So if I buy a ticket with the intention of coming on Sunday, I could still ease in on Saturday, but let's keep the rest of my on. Correct. Overnight. Yeah, it'll, right. it'll last for the entire weekend. And under sixteen is um, twenty dollars. I want to say or fifteen dollars, and under ten is free. And and again, we want we want you to bring out the entire family because it's a new sport. One, and I think because it's a new sport, this is the time for Barbados to get involved. Mm -hmm. Because even, even though, you know, the sport has maybe been around for like 12, 15 years, that's still young as far as sports goes. Because like basketball, I, exactly, I, I, I right? those kind of sports, yeah. Correct. So the first five or 10 years, you're just kind of figuring out how the sport is going to look going forward, trying yeah. things, testing things. And now we kind of have a framework for what obstacle course racing is in general. You know, there's walls, there's carries, there's skills, and there's running. Yeah. So... I feel like we have the opportunity as, as, a, as an island with lots of talented people who have natural talent to get in there from now and start to develop the skills, learn the difference between running for obstacle course racing and just, just normal running on the streets yeah. and see if we can put somebody on the world stage. So bring those kids through. Let them mm -hmm. see what the sport's about. Let them get in at the ground level now because they say it takes, what, 12 years to make an Olympic athlete? Really? Yeah, yeah. so... We want them to know the six-year-olds, like your Annas on the Instagram page. And yeah. The, uh, Edens, they're like eight, eight, tw eight and ten years old they're now. future, future. Yeah, right. they will be the future. And they're trying to make obstacle course racing an Olympic event. Uh, I'm not sure how successful they'll be, but it'll definitely still be a world championship event. And we can yeah. send some persons there for sure. All right, so let's go through the format of what's going to be happening um, next week. you got the singles, the Amarone Trust singles mm -hmm. um, on Saturday morning. Correct. What I can tell you for sure is that Nothing is going to be happening between 12.30 and 2 on either day. Right, right, right. Okay, so that's lunch. <laughs> that is lunch, right? Yeah. So the way we're going to structure the weekend, uh, once we have all the registrations in and we work out the waves, that will tell us where we're going to start. Right. So we're going to work backwards from 12.30. Oh. I'm anticipating um, two to three waves for the men oh, and, wow. and, and one... I would say one to two waves for the women, right? right. So maximum call that two and a half hours. We might start at 10. 
Oh wow, yeah, that's hot. Sometimes it's, it's, it's gonna be hot. So when it's ten, it ain't already the ten. It can yeah. start at ten, or it can start at eleven, or it can Woo. start right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. So the difference is, is uh, compared to last year, is that you know you're not getting up there. Pitch black. It's not cold. Yes, it's sun hot, but it's the singles. And you're only gonna be out there for a little while. Like twenty five minutes or so. Correct. So yeah. we'll we'll split the waves. You'll see the waves and split them into tens or so. Um, run through all the men and run through all the women. We have a little break in the middle where we feed the volunteers. You guys can get lunch. We reconfigure the course and then we come back after two on the Saturday with the open wave. Yeah. And the open wave is your fun runners. It's everybody who's maybe normally would be competitive, but they can't get the team makeup like they would normally make it up. Um, or maybe because the open wave, you were saying, no, you don't have to have two men and two women strictly. Exactly. Have to be. But people are still running for a time. Right. So there's still people who are going out there and say, well, I don't have. I feel like I got people on my team who might not be able to complete all the skills, but we still want to go and race this course. Yeah. We can just do burpees where we fail skills, but we're still racing this course as if this was our competitive event. Mm. So we're still putting a chip on you. You're going to still run. When you miss obstacles, you go and you do burpees, and then you move on. But don't, again, don't just walk around the obstacles and go along because it's like, it's, you know, you say, well, we ain't impacting on the results. Still make it a real, a real yeah, event yeah, for yourself. Uh, uh, see what challenge, challenge yourself. yourself so yeah. that you can say, well, okay, this open wave thing, I can get this due June next year. Because there are a lot of people who would have watched the live and who would have been there spectating on at the pop-up. Right. Uh, who's the man I like that hardly could get that due. Actually, it was uh, at another gym. Yeah, the night, and I heard him talking about a fella that said he was at there watching the corporate and the open wave. He was he could get that doing like that hard, right? Right. Um, <laughs> well, we did have the on Saturday. I found really nice, and this is bigger to the spectators again. Well, when teams were short, right, that people volunteered from the crowd right, to come right, out there right. and try. And if you do get get a few bar athletes coming through the woodwork like that as well, absolutely. I mean, I thought like for example, there was one team where um, Reese Phillips. Reese Phillips is a hurdler, one tight hurdler. Yeah, and yeah, he just. Jumped in, and actually he was he was real a real asset to the team. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's strong, he's fast, he's tall, he's tall. he can jump. Yeah. So he he was really a, a major asset. Just walked out, he stands, jump in the team, and boom. Yeah, you know. So I, yeah, it's something that I think, you know, the open wave is a low pressure situation. Really, mm -hmm. you know, there's no real chance of failing per se. Yeah. Uh, you go out there, you just have some fun, feel it out. You get the same finish a t-shirt as the guys in the competitive wave. Right? <laughs> you become, <laughs> become a part of the tribe. And and just go out and enjoy yourself. Like if you if you want to spend more time, spend more time. Like we said before, if you want to try obstacles two and three times, that's up to you. But you know, go out there and have a go at it, and see where you would be if you actually had um had gone into the competitive event. Speaking of the finishers, sure, they want to get to day two and the rash guard, the day right, two right, rash right, guard. Right. Right. So what's happening on day two then? Right, so wrapping up day one. Oh, by sorry. the time yeah. by the time the open wave is finished, we will have. Uh, Vida by Esquire providing the entertainment. Right, so right. each day we're gonna, you know, we have the big festival ground area where there'll be burgers and you know sausages and stuff being grilled. The restaurant at Peg will be open. We have a bar. We have a merchandising store with Green Fit and bar apparel on sale. And it's just gonna be like a fun picnic out atmosphere. So four yeah. to seven, we're gonna be jamming on the Saturday. Right, right. And right. then you know, so you got a little after party as it were. 
I just want to mention, guys, if you want to see George in a crop top, ever good. <laughs> <laughs> he actually modeled the crop top from right. Green Fit for the bar. I, bar did in fact, I did, in fact, model that crop top and all sell off. <laughs> so I think we got like three crop tops left. <laughs> so I think that's that's what I'll be doing going forward. I will be modeling all the new uh, female apparel because it seems to sell. When sell I better when you do that. Yeah, absolutely. So we party uh, four to seven hours. So, but you know, I, I don't know. Maybe most of this for the spec. Because I feel like a lot of athletes who got to come out for day two and be like, Shh, can't afford drinking beers here. No, boy, you got Yeah, I think people, I, mean, think, I think that some of the competitive guys will come out on Saturday and watch the course because this might be the first time you guys actually see the course in action, as it were. Yeah. So come out, see the course, follow the, the open waivers around, maybe even shout some tips to them. And, you know, there'll be a little bit of a, a social, like you said, on that Saturday, but we don't expect it to be as hype as it will be on the Sunday. Yeah. The open waivers for them, the event's done now, so they can drink, they can party. And they were probably drinking all already from before. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's the beauty of the open wave, right, guys. Right, right. I think you could probably ride the whole thing half drunk. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, then the Sunday morning we come back. Now, if, if the singles are starting at, you know, roughly 10, 30, 11 on the Sunday, the corporate is going to be around the same time, maybe even a tad earlier. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is because currently we that the corporate wave is the largest number of registrations so far. Big ups to the corporate people might as a Republic might corporate challenge, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. And I'd always predicted <laughs> I'd always predicted that's that's where I saw the main growth in this event mm-hmm. in the corporate waves and the open waves. Because I think from a corporate perspective, you know, it's something that as a company you can bring out your employees, you can bring out your staff, you can use it as a team building event. Um, but also they get to fly their brands on the day. Mm-hmm. And um, again, you just do something fun with the people in your office, and there's not many opportunities for that right now. So I know Republic Bank has a, a few teams in there. Obviously, ICBL has a few teams. Uh, First Caribbean has a few teams. Mm-hmm. Defending Champions, Hanshalinis is coming back with five, oh. five, five of their brands. In fact, they're a repeat champion. Um, twice they've won the event so far. Um, CDB has got a few teams, and nice. so on and so forth. So... With, with COVID, um, the COVID protocols in place, we obviously can't put 20 teams on a start line at the same time. So we're going to have to kind of do it somewhat of a time trial yeah. where they go off in waves of five, you know, give each, each wave of five a, a, a head start. And um, in order to win, inverted commas, the corporate challenge, you have to have your team comprised two male and two female. Right. So we'll send the corporate, the, the competitive corporate challengers first. Oh, so it's all the corporate teams don't have to have that comp- no, it's just oh, like the open wave, but right. those who want to compete for the for the prizes for the have yeah. to be comprised two male and two female. So we'll separate those guys. They'll go first, and then the open wave corporate guys will go after. Right. Uh, so that will be morning on the Sunday. Again, we have a little lunch break, a little interlude, um, change the course or put out the new things that we need, and then we come back at 2 o'clock in the afternoon with the competitive wave of the ICBL team challenge. Crazy this year. I'm, yeah. I'm telling you, that, that team challenge this year is, is going to be crazy because I think even though we have fewer teams doing the competitive wave, yeah, a lot of the other teams who would normally do it for fun, they're doing the open wave or corporate. Yeah. So we have fewer teams doing the competitive wave. It is competitive. No, what I think would have happened with the competitive wave this year, first of all, obviously we know COVID would have taken out a few teams. Right. But what we've also had was a condensation of teams. Where teams now would have been saying, well, you know what? We try to get our team as strong as possible. So right. we're going to pull this body from there and that body. So now we have the 
two teams merging into one Correct. in a lot of circumstances, uh-huh. which created a super team almost. Right. I understand. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's almost, you know, I got the draft expansion and right, right, a, a right. draft contraction right. here and over. Um, and all these teams have gotten stronger. Yes. You got linkages of people, people started training together and what's not really the gel well with this person. No, but we work together this um, yeah. bar because, you know, this person from your team may not be doing it or whatever. Right. I think that's what happened there and that has lent for the competitive way of being even more competitive this year. Like I can think of three, four teams right now that could, and this is outside of Oscar Killers, right. three, four teams that could rival Oscar Killers. Yeah, and I think last year when we looked at the start list, Oscar Killers too. Oscar Killers <laughs> was definitely the favorite, and there was maybe, realistically, there was like maybe one or two other teams that. Oh, it's the that, two teams that was looking yeah, at. Yeah, like maybe the outdoor fitness group and, and the team from Limitless Performance. Yeah, yeah the virus team. Yeah. yeah, so we looked at those teams and said those were the guys who we thought had a chance to beat Officer Killers. But once, the, once the race got started, then, you know, it, it was very quickly just the Officer Killers and Limitless that were separated from the rest of the field. But this year, this year, I, I think realistically, there's five teams and any of those five teams could be on the podium. That I can mm. think of offhand. Yeah. And what always tends to happen in these events is that there's some team that maybe on paper doesn't look as strong, but on the day they just produce an incredible performance mm-hmm. because they have a cohesive group, they have good strategy, they're efficient, and they usually will bubble up somewhere close to the surface as well. So yeah. I am I wish I honestly wish that I could just sit down somewhere elevated and just watch the whole thing and not gonna be running about like an idiot. <laughs> but um, obviously somebody needs to do work. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I really want to watch this event. As a spectator, as a fan of the sport, I really want to see this competition this year. Yeah, as a fan, I, I'm very, very interested as well. We're going back to the singles now because as we've been saying now, we've got, and we're talking about the main now. Right. Um, we got um, Darren Matthews back. Right. right. As we said, we don't have any evidence of Jet versus right. Tompy. We have not seen a dandy Right. Uh, for the season, so this is my top four right. uh, there in any order. Next week, I'm gonna get you to actually predict. Uh-huh. Uh, we're gonna put that one on ice, and then when right, after right, the competition, right. we can see how close you were with your predictions. But no, so you got these four guys coming right. out against one another. How are you feeling now, though, uh, about the women? You know, uh, I, I think I can see I, the top two of the women. I think is relatively etched in stone, and this is not. Any, to cast any aspersions on anybody else on the field, yeah. right? But I think, obviously, you have to respect the defending champ, yeah. Amherst Chase, not only just because she's the defending champ, but she is flawless through the obstacles. Her running is crazy. She's strong. Her mental game is there. So Amherst would have to come in as a favorite. Yeah. Um, and then we have uh, Danielle Gonzalez, who was silver medalist last year. And she has improved tremendously over last year, her, yeah. her performance last year. So really, I think she's there as somebody who could potentially, you know, capitalize on any slips that Amherst might make. Yeah, she's um, focused and, as yeah, well. As, ex- absolutely. Um, Michelle Dowell is back in the, in the field. Michelle's yeah. been studying for her uh, medical exam, so she might not have got as much preparation, but mentally, Michelle's a beast. Yeah. And now Blondell is, Blondell is, Hurley is going over the singles as well this time. Oh. And now uh, one of the late entries in the singles, obviously, now is Leander. Leander, yeah. mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah. So Leander was in a team with um, Darren Matthews with Darren and, and, and Sabrina Thompson last year. Yeah. That was silver medal team, and so you know you have to respect that caliber of athlete. So I, then and she's been running, and she's been running. And then you have people like Gina Lee Shepard, who 
you know, she's like a different athlete from last year completely. Yeah. Um, just because of her obstacle proficiency. You know, when you're on paper, she's probably not still as good a runner as those four or five names I called before, but, but she's managing to make up the deficits in her running <laughs> through being so smooth through a lot of the obstacles. So the female competition is, is going to be super competitive as well. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing how these, these athletes perform on the day for sure. All right, we're going to get your predictions next week on that. But we have, though, um, as you... Yeah. <laughs> All right, we haven't even gone into the crux of the matter here right now because we got a week... This is going to be kind of only week of bar. Correct. Um, I'm going to tell you what my plan is, and right. then you can let me know. So I'm looking now, um, bar is going to be the Saturday and the Sunday of right. next weekend. So I'm saying that I'm resting today, being Friday. This is when we record it on a Friday. Right. I'm going to probably do some training on Saturday and Sunday... Monday and Tuesday, and then I'm shutting off um, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Right. How, how is that? Yeah, that sounds like a pretty good plan. Now, we, we do something called a, a restoration workout. Mm. And the restoration workout is actually designed to help your muscles recover quicker by just subjecting you to the smallest amount of lactate. Mm. So a restoration workout looks like a body part, machine-based training. Um the, the loads aren't super heavy. Mm -hmm. um, it's just you do three sets and you would only really be feeling the third set. Mm -hmm. And what that does, again, it helps your muscles to recover just a little bit quicker than if you did nothing on your own, right? So I would say Monday, Tuesday, next week, a restoration workout on the Wednesday, um, just a light run on the Thursday, and then complete rest on the Friday, and you're good to go Saturday morning. Right, right, sure. right. Yeah, so as we we getting ready for the last week, okay, so restoration work or everything. Some people might think to themselves, it's still not there. It's still not ready yet. Right. And go and try to go too hard. And you know, this is the last week. This is when injuries can happen. How can they avoid breaking down before the bar or breaking down the bar, whatever you want to put it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that if you are not as proficient on a skill, as you think you should be at this point in time, there's a tendency to just want to try and try. I got to get this thing before it's started, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, even though we want to say skill-based, all the skills still have an element of strength or endurance built into them. Yeah. So whether it's just grip strength or upper body strength or the muscles in your shoulders, the muscles in your lats, you're up there on the grip work every day, you know, you're wearing out your grip. Yeah. And if you do that too close to the competition, the muscles aren't going to recover. Mm. Muscles aren't going to recover. You're going to get out there. Everything's sore. Everything's tired. And especially if you aren't super proficient on it, where you're going to need to use all your ability and every resource you have to get through it, yeah. you don't want to come to that particular thing tired or sore. Mm -hmm. So I say, you know, that last day before the event, wherever you are, just chill. Mm -hmm. Whatever you have, just focus on. The best thing you can do at that point in time is good rest, good nutrition, you know, some of the recovery strategies you can use. So... And even like in the week leading up, spend as little time as spend as little time as you can get away with on your skills. So rather, okay. so even if there's a little half forward, just to reinforce the technique, even if you're not actually getting it, but you're just reinforcing the technique of how to do it in your mind. Don't be out there three and four hours because yeah. you're just not going to recover in time, and that's when you start to when you're training tired. That's when you're exposing yourself to an increased risk of injury. Right, right, right. And that goes for all of it, from the running to the lifts to the skills. You don't want to be racing tired or training overtrained. 
because yeah. that's when you expose yourself to risk. I don't feel that you should be practicing any obstacle for four hours in one day anyway. No. <laughs> but some people, some people are like that, you know. I mean, it's like, you know, it's a little different if it's something that's accuracy-based. And mm -hmm. I, I'm going to drop a little, little hint here. Uh, you can go, you can shoot free throws for a really long time. Yeah. Right? Because free throws are one of those things that has a high skill element, but a very low strength element, a very low cardiovascular element. Yeah. So you're not really necessarily wearing out your body's resources by shooting lots and lots of free throws. Unless you're shooting them bad over and over and over. Right, 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 right. <laughs> right. So something like that, you know, you can, you can do more of, but from the time the strength element starts to increase or the muscular endurance element starts to increase, you have to, it would be like a, a curve that is going the other way. Mm -hmm. If the load is high, then the amount of time you spend on it should be low. If the load is low, then you can spend more time on it as far as skill development is concerned. Okay, guys, so there you have it. All right, um, the last thing I wanted to ask you about, uh, it's a question that a lot of teams have been hearing people asking this question is, when you get to an obstacle, let me say the, the traverse bar is one male, one female. The rig is any two people from the team. The right. rings are, what was it? Everybody the on the rings. Correct. Okay, so we're talking the traverse bars and the rig. You have to choose um, individuals. You have to nominate them before. Correct. As, right. Why is that? Um, well, we think, I'm, I'm kind of trying to create this kind of tactical approach, mm. right? So imagine that you were, let's say you were a special forces guy. Yeah. Everybody within the team is going to have different skills, right? So you don't want, you don't want your guy who's a medic being a sniper. <laughs> right, right, right. 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 So it's, it's that type of thing. Who is the person that you've designated as a, let's for, for, for one of a better, the designated shooter mm. for this obstacle. And, and that's what it is. You pick these two guys, and this is part of the strategy as well. You pick the two that you think can complete it, and then they go around to the other, the other two go around to the other side, and they wait on these, until these two are complete. So people say, man, I feel like if this body fail, I should be able to come back, and I should be able to jump in for them, et cetera, et cetera. And no, that's bad strategy on your part. Mm. And bar, in addition to being a, a physical challenge and an endurance challenge and all that, it's also a strategy race when it comes to the team. And part of your strategy is to determine who the best two teammates are going to be for that particular obstacle. Okay, fair enough. I, I got you. And I, I guess it would avoid bunching or confusion. And it also, exactly. Because you can imagine uh, I come and try and I miss. And then you come and try and you miss. And, and somebody else coming. Before we know it, everybody just, it, it will look like madness. So right. those two teammates who are not going to be performing the skill, they go around to the other side of the skill and they wait there, right. out of the way. And, and you, you, pick your, you pick the teammates that are going to do it when you reach the when obstacle. You, reach you, don't have to pick, you don't have to submit these names no, no, beforehand no. or anything. No, not at all. So I hear some people say, that, well, suppose, suppose so-and-so tired or suppose yeah, somebody yeah. get injured. Uh -huh. right, if they're injured, they wouldn't nominate them to do it. Exactly. Only, and, right. and, and I think, again, that's like, on the day, and that's why I think you should like make sure that everybody on the team is at least competent, right? right? Because on the day, let's say, for example, on the day, you have some obstacle where the person's going to have to end up jumping off or something. Mm -hmm. And heaven forbid you're coming out the forest or you're coming off or some other thing and you get a little tweak. You ain't really yeah. serious, but you get a little tweak in your ankle or whatever. You can still move, but... You can still move. No, you don't want that body jumping. Yeah. <laughs> so now you'll be, okay, let me switch out here. It's going to be this other person... They're going to be doing the rings or whatever, mm. and then and so on and so forth. So yeah, I think it's I think it adds another level of of another layer of intricacy to the competition, makes it a little bit more interesting, and it gives that kind of additional drama um, about you know who to pick. I can't believe why they pick so and so. They should have picked so and so. Yeah, you know yeah, that yeah, that yeah. type of thing, which again gets the crowd invested, 
and um, gets all the spectators looking to see what they would have done. Because you know the people on his side always know better. Always. Right? always <laughs> they always, always know yeah. the best way to approach it. But he just ain't doing it this time because, well, I had this and the next day third. But if it was me out there, I would do it. This is what I would have done. And I would have win, of course. Yeah, of, course <laughs> of course you would have won spe <laughs> spectator. No, um, how soon will the course be finished building? Oh, I guess Stefan will get this podcast up by, let's say, Tuesday. So by... You said by Wednesday, Thursday, the course will be built up. Yeah, I think I think by Tuesday, most of the rigs going to be up. Mm -hmm. um, this weekend, we're putting up all the trussing for the rigs, um, and we're building out some of the. We're starting like from the newer obstacles first, mm -hmm. so we can build those out. We can test those as much as we can, and then we just we kind of know roughly from last year where we're putting most of the other stuff anyway. Mm -hmm. So it's just about assembling those. So I think we had we had some people asking about whether and uh, the sport has been progressing too quickly on the island, mm. you know? And I, I, I thought about it, I'm like, did I, am I putting in too much? And I, then I stopped back and I think, well, I don't think so. I think, for example, from between June and November, we went from, we it's added last, last year, from June 2019 to November 2019, we added 10 additional obstacles. Really? I, th I would say it was four before, but we added 10 additional obstacles. And I went back and counted. We added inverted wall, yeah, we added um, the rings, the ropes, the monkey bars. Right, right, right. right. We added, which is no made compulsory for everybody. Exactly. <laughs> we added rolling thunder. Yes, we added, added rolling thunder. We added, <laughs> we added the double tire wall. Yeah. We added, um, we added the slick wall, mm -hmm. and then a couple carries in there as well. So we added ten obstacles between June and November. This time around, we're adding three. These three being, George? So the three that we've added this time is the traverse bar. Yeah, the low which bar. I, with the low bar, which I think is, I don't think it's a high skill element to that to that mm. obstacle. Right? I mean, obviously, I don't have to do the race. <laughs> <laughs> but looking on, I, I don't think People that, get it fairly quickly. People get it fairly quickly. They just need to try it a few times, and they get that one relatively quickly. Um, so there's that one that we've added. We've added the grip rig, which is probably the, the, the most complex from a grip strength perspective. So the most yeah. challenging, I would say. And that one, we've left it so that any two people can do it. Right. The traverse bar, we've made it so it's one male and one female. But that is the only difference to last year because last year it was any two. In fact, some obstacles had to be three. Yeah. Right. So the only major wrinkle, I would say, is that we've made the traverse bar one male, one female. Right. Everything else is as is. Um, except you say we've gone for four now on the rope and so on, and the grip rig is any two, so you choose your two strongest, yeah. and then this last two strongest at the grip rig at the grip rig, yeah. correct. And then we have this other other um, obstacle which I really hope we get completed in time because even if we get it completed in time, but I haven't had enough time to test it, I'm not putting it in the race. Fair enough, right? Because you know, obviously, we need to make sure that our athletes are safe. We have to need to make sure we don't have we have we. we Reduce any risk as much as we can because this obstacle course racing out in country, it's messy, it's muddy. It's very Th messy. The forest is messy right yeah, now, guys. Th things, things can happen. And that's part of the, the, the risk that we accept in doing this sport. It's not, you know, if you're a boxer, you accept that somebody might knock you out. <laughs> right? right? If you're doing trail running, you know, you accept that you might, you know, whatever. So, but I, I want that obstacle to be in the race this year because I think. Not only is it visually impactful, but I think it's just, in my mind, this obstacle is just so much fun to do. Right. Right. So I think that, but the, again, the, the main priority for me is the safety. Safety. And once we can get um, 
that obstacle built and tested, then it'll be in a race for sure. A lot of people will like to see the content they traverse back. Both spectators and competitors, actually. Yes, I think, <laughs> I think we can get it back in as well. I'm working towards it. Part of the problem last year with PEG was trying to get a container truck to transport these containers deep in the heart of PEG, right? Yeah. It just wasn't happening. But now that the actual start finishing line and, and a cluster of obstacles is closer to the entrance, yeah. we may be able to do it. So I'm talking to Joey at Crane Equipment. Um, big shout out to Joey. Joey is like one of these guys who knows everything about everything when it comes to machines. Right. And so you'd be like coming, you'd be like there, man, I ain't know if you can, Joey's like, move, man, let me show you. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> He's the one who had put up the, the, the rope for us with the rope climb in the forest. Right, got that was a unique rope climb as exactly, well. Exactly, yeah. He was like, nah, man, that easy. So hopefully Joey can tell me the same thing about the container traverse. I think we um, get that in there at all. That would be sweet, but yeah, yeah. I, I love that I think obstacle. that's a great obstacle. It's a great obstacle visually, and I think it's a nice challenge for the athletes as well. As I said, both spectators and competitors yeah. would love to see that yeah, obstacle yeah. in this year's yeah. bar race. So by the time we done, we might got 400 obstacles over 3K. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's all fun, and it's all for the spectators. Don't forget, go get your tickets. Link up with me or any of the other bar ambassadors or go on to the Instagram page, bar underscore or the Facebook page sure. and purchase your tickets for the 21st and 22nd of November. Yeah, and don't forget, this is going to be, if you just ain't really know much about obstacle course racing, you just hear about this bar thing, but you want to know if you can enjoy yourself, come. There's going to be music playing. There's going to be a bar. There's going to be good food. You'll meet some people. You'll be able to start to see what the action is about. Yeah. And I guarantee that by the time you finish on Sunday, 22nd, you're going to want to be training for bar next year because Everybody who comes and sees this event has to try it at least once. Yeah, sure. They have to try it because it, it, it looks easy. And that's the beautiful thing about it. It is easy to get into. It's difficult right. to master. Right. But right. you can get into it at any level. As we have been referencing for the last few weeks, they got people that is running the Mickey Mouse costume at right. the Boston Marathon. So correct, correct. You, can, you don't have to come in and be the elite level athlete. Yeah, right. Because, you know, Darren is back. Mm-hmm. Amherst is back. You know, obstacle is too, is there. Yeah. Uh, we have everything we need in, in a championship. You always want to have the best athletes mm-hmm. on, on display. And obviously, we have to assume that these guys are the best since they're defending champions. And now it's for somebody to prove otherwise. So, Saul, so it's up to you. Uh, we've got no. I, 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 <laughs> speaking to the uh, potential spectators right now, we've got are the best obstacle course racers on the island. They're going to be out there next week. I uh, Saturday and Sunday. And uh, what, what we have here now is a case where there are so many people who are close to the sport. Would have, if you've been following the guys that have been training now, right. you got a little insight into how close these guys are to the elites right, right now. And knowing that it's actually a fairly open race, uh, things can break in anyone's direction. Correct. Yeah. They, just, they just need to, as people become more and more proficient on the obstacles. Yeah. All we need is a slip up on an obstacle. Somebody that was meant to complete something and missed it on the day. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're down on the ground doing 20 burpees and watching that person run away from them. Yeah. And now the race is all over. So anything can happen. We're not putting any names on the trophies yet. Yeah. You got to come out and still race for it on the day. And we encourage all the spectators to come out and be a part of this event. Watch these athletes, encourage them and see 
how it all shakes out at the end next Saturday and Sunday. Um, biggest to be social podcasts all the time. If you all want a title for this one, just let them know. Breaking news, the champ is back. The champ <laughs> is back. There it is. That is your synopsis right there. The your champ is back. Is right there. Thanks so much to be social podcasts. Thank you so much to ICBL. They're sponsoring yes. Um, the team event. Correct. Uh, Republic Bank for the Corporate Challenge. And, and of course, the Amorone Charitable Trust and the Race for the Cause. I think we're going to do one more one more um, wrap-up episode as well. Hopefully, yeah. you know, we have the episode next week, but hopefully we can come in and bring the champions in. And, and, and totally uh, expected, them, yeah. Exactly. Have them talk yeah. about their experience in the race. And maybe it'll be people we've seen before, and, and maybe it won't. It'll be interesting to see. And tune into the next episode of the Barcast to see how George, uh, what George predicts. Um, but then you would also know if his predictions were accurate yeah. at the time. But I'm going to actually put my predictions out there as well on yeah. that episode. So guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Barcast. All the best to you if you are athlete competing. Stay safe, train hard. Don't forget though, rest is a very important and make sure that you are prepared for the 21st and 22nd. Spectators, get your bands, get your tickets right now. You want to be at Peg Farm on the 21st and 22nd. The cost of the bands again? $35 and that covers for the entire weekend. First day is yours and the next day is free. All right. All right, guys, that's been it. 